Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you about another great podcast, The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny. ESPN NFL analyst Mina Kimes is joined by expert guests each week as she gets you ready for the upcoming NFL draft. That's The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny. Listen where you are listening to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the right time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is Foxworth Friday. Dominique Foxworth, what's going on? Not much, man. It's been uh, a while since I got a haircut. I think the last haircut I got was your super barber in New York, and I was <laughs> feeling pretty handsome i haven't gotten one since but what they doing to trey lance man make me want to go to the barbershop immediately i don't know if you saw that oh uh, buddy 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 <laughs> buddy uh by the way shout out to the super barber travis my man travis in uh plainfield new jersey off the top of my head i can't remember the name of his shop but he took care of me during the game theory season and he came in and gave dominique a cut when dominique came on game theory dominique was very impressed oh, yeah. i haven't gotten a cut since and i refuse to yo let me tell you what the thing was for me right because you know all i gotta do is the head shaving situation mm-hmm. so once somebody gets paid to do this for me every time we go out and shoot i don't really feel it be feeling like doing this <laughs> at the crib no more you know what i'm saying like um because it's actually a tricky thing because there's a budgetary situation and barbers don't really charge you for at least like the type of barber we're talking about they don't really charge for the difficulty of the haircut. They charge it for the time. So I need him to do my face, even if I can shave my head myself, because me doing my own, not for TV. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So they still got to pay the same fee. So I'd be like, look, man, I just wait till it's time to do TV. And then I let him (laughs) shave my head and let him take care of that. But ain't no more TV shows, though. Yeah, he he put all the he put all the flim flam in my hairline. He had, had them people fooled. I was looking like I was twenty seven out there. Oh yeah, with that with that pump fake hairline. Oh, I miss it. I yeah. ain't doing it again. You had that fiction, like you 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 had the fiction crack, and that was it was it was all man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like yo your situation was all point, man. We got a lot uh, in the sports world to get to. I would love to give you guys a preview of what we're going to talk about, except I'm not sure yet. So we go, we go get there, and uh, and then we'll go from there. Uh, I guess we can start with some NBA. I talked about this briefly with Michael Smith, but um, we really need Sacramento to take one for the team. I've decided, yeah. right? And I have been yeah. one of these people that's kind of rooting for Sacramento because we don't give them no respect whatsoever. We have no idea what they got going on. None of us is actually watching their games. Most of y'all ain't got the league pass, so you ain't even got no way of trying to watch them because they don't get to play on real television. They haven't. I feel like we just being mean to them the whole way. But no matter what, we either get the Lakers or we get the Grizzlies in the next round. Right. We would like to see either of them play against the Warriors. Right. So... I feel like the Kings yeah. just got to take that charge, go do a little time. <laughs> when you get out, we'll have some stuff waiting on you. You know what I'm saying? Your mama going to be in a nice house, whatever it is. Uh, but we kind of need y'all to, to step to the side they, of, I the mean, of, the, of the television program. They've been a fun story. And I've watched more Kings basketball than I think I've watched since Chris Webber was there. And that's been a long time. The Kings have not been interested or anything to care about. And I'm not going to pretend like I'm some sort of super expert, but I watched them play some games. They're a fun team to watch play. De'Aaron Fox is like one of those super athletes H-Town. that like does stuff. Yeah, that does stuff that you're not supposed to be able to do. And that's fun to see. And then watching DeMontis Sabonis do uh, a discount Jokic is pretty nice too so like i'm not gonna pretend like they're bad i'm also not gonna pretend like they are a team that i want to go deep into the playoffs because let's be honest about this entertainment product the nba in particular it's about stars and they don't got nair one on them they got <laughs> people that, that you can play with they got good <laughs> players they got building blocks they don't got a name that somebody know who ain't in this and that's how you measure it when you go to the supermarket and you run into random people 
Or no, you walk down the aisles and you see somebody face on a box. <laughs> they ain't got no box faces on that whole team. They don't got nobody that transcends the sport. And I mean, like, it, just being around sports, like, you know some names and you know some faces. I don't know that I could have picked out, like, yeah, De'Aaron Fox, I probably could have picked him out last year. Here's Sabonis. Yeah. Yeah, some of those guys. Um, Oh, my guy, Red Velvet. Maryland Terrapin sharpshooter I could pick him out but in general it's the supermarket test go ahead and just stand out front of the supermarket and ask and say some names point and yell De'Aaron Fox over there <laughs> watch everybody look at you and keep walking sorry now go ahead and say it's Steph Curry LeBron James it's a I mean it's an obvious point but that's what we're here for and different sports offer different things and the thing that basketball really offers is big names clashing well like I agree with you in large part on the big names, but I don't even need the names to be big necessarily. Cause like I would make the argument that including my guy, Jokic, the nuggets don't have a guy that would pass the test that you right. are describing. Right. But I would like to see them play because they got Jokic, they got Porter, they right. got Murray, they got Gordon, they got dudes. Right. Um, the Kings don't have somebody who's separate from the fame, just the basketball part. Because like you say, Sabonis is, you go look at the numbers. He is doing like a discount sort of Jokic thing, except he's a lot more athletic, right? Like that's that's the part that you get out of him. But I was talking to, I think I was talking to Ethan about this, talking to Ethan Strauss yesterday. And you and I may have had this conversation. I think I may have said it on the show, but I'm going to say it again because if I had said it in the properly impactful fashion, y'all would bring this up all the time because I think it's a really good point, right? All right, let's hear it. Okay. So the thing is, if you look at all the changes that the NBA is making they have tried to turn this into an action movie above all else right lots of explosions right their whole thing is points people want points 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 so crashes explosions bow 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 you know all those things right i've never at any point heard basketball people be like i want to see more points they may have said i want to see more free-flowing offense or i don't want to see all this clutching and grabbing but nobody was ever like, I want to see games in the 150s. This isn't like baseball in the mid-90s when the home runs went. Everybody was like, yo, I'm really loving watching these home runs. But even there, baseball is found. Aaron Judge went for all those home runs, and you really couldn't make the general public care about it. It's not what people are in it for, right? People don't enjoy sports because it's an action movie. They enjoy it because it's a drama yeah. It is a great drama, a movie the whole family can watch, right? It is a rated PG because that's always important for the ratings, right? It's not really a rated R. It's not a rated G because, I mean, I guess everybody can come, but this ain't no cartoon. Like, we recognize the yep. limitations of it, right? They want a drama. People want a drama. They want the intrigue. That's why I say basketball was better when not everybody was good at basketball. Yeah, I think it's the, the point you're making about drama. I completely agree with um, and people should reference it more. But the point about the drama is, in my view, it's a character drama and you got it. You got to right. know the character. Right, right, right. But this is what I'm saying. The character that will make Warriors Grizzlies into something is Dylan Brooks, who I do not think passes the supermarket test. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But. He adds to the human drama. Yeah. There, is, there is human drama with Lakers Warriors. There is human drama with Grizzlies Warriors. Since we just found out about y'all, Sacramento Kings. Yeah, you that's know, the point. Since, yeah. Yeah, since, since, since we just got y'all out of the permafrost, y'all are like one of them viruses they've been finding because of the global warming that have been dormant for two million years. We ain't, we ain't got that with y'all right now. If y'all want to, y'all got to start fighting um, yeah. the Warriors and then maybe we can get into it with you. I'm agreeing with you that the the characters matter and it's not necessarily that they have to be super famous but they have to yes. have something about them that's distinctive because otherwise it doesn't matter and the 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 uh kings don't have that right now because we just meeting them y'all just got added in on season four you are an introductory <laughs> character like you're gonna die in the first scene or you're gonna have some early on stuff we don't want to follow your storyline because we have so much history with these other guys and even like uh, the the um, grocery store test is like uh, something I just made up a couple seconds yeah. ago and it does not apply. But like sports fans know Jokic, even though he hasn't been in the finals, 
We know Jokic, and he has a story. Right. He has a story. Back-to-back MVP, maybe a third one, likely not. Can he do it in the playoffs? That's something. That's a reason for, for me to watch. Right. And for the for the Kings, it's like, hey, you did it. Like, yeah. I feel like this is the end of that. If this was their sports movie, the tip-off of game one is, is the triumphant moment of their sports movie. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, like, I don't really want to follow you throughout the rest of this. Like, you did it. No one thought you could. I don't remember what their over-under was before the beginning of the season, but they have to be way over it. By the way, they have a collection of players of whom I've heard. Yeah. Right? And fairly familiar with. But... Yeah. If you had told me before the season that the combination of De'Aaron Fox, Demontis Sabonis, Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, Malik Buck, Keegan Murray, Trey Lyles, that's what I run out of people I've heard of. Oh, and uh, Rashad Holmes, he's down there. Wow, did you know Alex Lynn still in the league? Did you know? Oh, go Terps. Did, did you know Delhi played 32 games this year in the National Basketball Association for the Sacramento Kings? The only thing I knew about the Kings coming into this season was all the smart basketball people I know thought that the Halliburton trade was stupid. Yes. And clearly it was not. Well, <laughs> except Halliburton is cold as ice. No, he is, but. Oh, they got some I bonus mean, back for him, though. Yeah, right? they got some bonus. Okay. And they, they had an idea. Like, and yes. this, like, this goes back to some of the thing that I think has become a thread for our conversations and on my podcast. It's just like the idea of, of there being one right way to do things and the analytics culture puts people in that direction. But like they saw Sabonis and they was like, Hey, we got a plan for that. Yeah. You know, and like uh, having Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox on the same roster, maybe they kept the wrong one, but it don't seem like it right now. Now I think the problem for the Kings on the Sabonis front, and I get that um, De'Aaron Fox is De'Aaron Fox, right? But their best player is Sabonis. I just don't think that yeah. you could really... And, of course, I'm saying this like I've watched all these Kings games, but I'm looking at the overall contribution and everything else. It feels to me like Sabonis is their best player. Um, their best player shoots 60% from the field. 60. 37 from three. 61 and a half from the floor. But the thing is, he only takes like 12 shots a game or something like that. Right. You know... If they need him to put up 20 shots a game, can he put up 20 shots a game? Because I'm here to tell you now, if your plan is we're going to let De'Aaron Fox shoot us into games or, or score us into games, in the playoffs, he's more likely to score you out of them. And I have watched enough of his movies to feel confident saying that. Yeah, I mean, their offense, the, the, the best thing their offense does is like Sabonis, uh, like the elbow. Mm. and I mean, it looks it looks exactly like what, Denver does like when their offense is very good it looks a lot like what Denver does but he ain't as good as Jokic yeah. uh and and the people they have surrounding him like Herder can go off and have eight threes in a game but he's not he's yeah. too high up on the on the um <laughs> the hierarchy yeah he's too high on the hierarchy to be for their team to be that good and De'Aaron Fox to be their number one offensive like his penetration all that is great his athleticism is explosive but like him being the catalyst of the offense when it's not going through Sabonis, like yeah, it's it's tough. And then we only had to talk about the defense because they don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, they like the dudes that don't lift weights because it'll mess up your jump shot. <laughs> right? Like 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 how how I'm supposed to have the energy to get these buckets, man? Get them or stop them. It's all the same yeah. when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, what's the concept behind it? I remember hearing that when I was younger. It's just like you're not gonna be able to gauge your new strength. Like now, I understand you don't want to shoot after you lift that day. But like, if you get too strong, yes, you that's the gauge. Yeah, you go start shooting it over the rim. That's how you do it. <laughs> I would like what I did when I lifted weights and played basketball. Yeah. I would always shoot after lifted weights, though, just for that very reason. I wanted to keep. Every, I, 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 I had no science behind this. I had no logic, but I did not want the weight lifting uh, to mess up my jump shot. That is the skinny man's greatest excuse. So you mess, <laughs> mess up your jump shot. <laughs> that's why you can't do that. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. And spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout 
Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy-on, easy-off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Now, you mentioned uh, the MVP race briefly. I want to send uh, a brief shout out to my man, Perk, and uh, great, a, a quote, a formerly great, now disgraced philosopher. No one man should have all that power. You mm-hmm. say whatever you want. Perk completely shifted a national discussion. Now, I'd also like to say thank you to Joel Embiid because you Mm -hmm. played in such a way that made this not awkward. Because at that point, I didn't think there was anything that anybody could do this season that would involve Jokic not winning the MVP. And Embiid was like, watch this. And he decided to go be the MVP. It's crazy. Like, I mean, if you think about the Disney, because I, it was almost a foregone conclusion. Like, we were talking about it post-All-Star break. We were having the conversation that the only way that Jokic doesn't get this, and this was all season, but post-All-Star All-Star break, the conversation was being had. Only way Jokic doesn't get this is because voters think that he shouldn't have it three times in a row. Not that other people were deserving of it. And then somebody else was, like, deserving all season, but actually put his foot down and created... And, and this is one of those debates that you can like you can pick when there's a lot of good players, you can cherry pick whatever you want to to um to justify you making your selection. But Embiid gave more than enough reasons for people to select him. And that's like really hard to do, given that he's not a perimeter player, because like that's a different thing. And given that he has uh, a Harden on his team who's been playing much well, not as of late, but has been playing much better throughout this season. Like, I would not have guessed that. I would have thought it was a surefire bet that either Jokic was going to get it or Giannis was going to get it because how good their team is and how impactful he's shown himself to be. But Embiid is like, it seems to me, if I had a vote, which I don't, obviously, and I probably never will, I would go with Embiid based on what I've seen this season, which is far cry from what I thought early in the season. Well, what Embiid did was a couple things. One, he just closed the gap, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there was a gap, and he closed it. And he put and he whooped Jokic's ass one on one too. That yeah. that didn't hurt, right? <laughs> like I don't even. I think even if that game didn't happen, like I don't think that's even really coming down to the tiebreaker at this point. What Embiid did was look like we are accustomed to an MVP looking like just one man band dominance. While and this part became important, while the Sixers won a lot of games and they finished with fifty four wins for the regular season. That is more wins than Denver wound up with, right? Denver wound up at 53. And so once the Sixers were in the superior conference with a superior record, now we start getting into the other part, which is the voter fatigue element of it. And the idea, and people start thinking more and more, and they start talking about, like, I think the idea that you can't give Yogi's a third MVP because now we're going to talk about him in a different way is stupid. Right. Like now I got to talk about him like he's Bill Russell. You actually don't. I mean, Dwayne Wade never won an MVP and you don't think Jokic is better than him. You don't have to talk about that. You're not required to do any of those things. Like logically, that just doesn't make any sense. But all those factors then start bubbling up again. And since all the discussion is standardized and nationalized, where we're all feeding off the same troughs. We just kind of went around and I think Embiid's going to wind up getting it. And honestly, at this point, I hope he does. Because if he doesn't, it's gonna get unnecessarily dicey out here in these streets. Yeah, we we they gave us the uh, the Reese versus Clark before Reese versus Clark. Yes, we we don't need it again. But I think also 
Jokic and the Nuggets kind of giving it away too. Cause yeah. it's not only like they just been bad for I don't I don't know what it is, the exact numbers, but they lose it more than they win as of late, as they're like stumbling into the playoffs. You can't really that the timing matters too, which is something that I don't think we always are cognizant of, but like finishing strong matters. And Bede is finishing strong, the six is finishing strong. And it feels real weird to like go drop your uh your ballot in the ballot box. After uh, uh, what's that man name Edwards? After he just did the bia, like it just like you can't end there, you know. And that's what Jokic is in the Nuggets a bia in their way to the end of the season. Oh, you talking Howard Dean? That's ah. what. Who was I thinking about? Edwards? You were thinking about John Edwards. Which, John Edwards, Howard Dean. You remember that? <laughs> I once watched John Edwards beat Raymond Felton in a game of horse. No, it John was- Edwards can hoop. No, um, it it was it was some weird ESPN thing from like '05, and John Edwards is a this is a he's a big Carolina fan, and that's a discussion for a whole nother day because people had this, and I think they were correct, and they were like, you cannot trust a man who went to NC State and is a Carolina fan. You cannot do that. Like that was sign number one that there might be something uh for you to watch out for when it comes to that guy. But yeah, I watched John Edwards beat Raymond Felton in a game of horse, and I'm sure Raymond Felton. Let him win, but yeah, let me tell you who didn't have any excitement about meeting uh the former vice presidential nominee, Raymond Felt. No, hey, why would anybody? Fair, fair. I mean, I mean, you know, we don't want to do the politics of it. I thought, I, I thought John Edwards had a chance. I, I, I saw good things for him at some point, and then I did too. And then, and then. Oh boy. But let me this is what I wanted to say about Jokic that's so interesting is people talk about yes, the Nuggets started giving it away because they weren't playing especially well. And you heard people say, like Vinny and I were talking about this the other day on the phone, and we're like, Yeah, well, also Jokic did not play as well down the stretch, kind of became the argument. Let me tell you what Jokic did in the month of February, boys and girls. <laughs> 26, 13, and nine and a half. Hold on, hold on. Shooting 64% from the floor. Mm-hmm. 36 from three. So all I'm saying is we are definitely making a bit of a narrative play on the MVP if it be winds up winning it. And the narrative play worked because no one man should have all that power. Perk, you done did it. And you and Dominic, you and I both know. Every now and then you say something that shake the game up and feel good. Perched yeah. the whole game up with this one. I mean, in there, what he was saying wasn't ridiculous. The response to it, I think, was uh, disproportionate. But yeah, sometimes you're right. That's what it comes down to is some people can say stuff that's wild and they don't take it seriously. He said something, they took it seriously, it shook the game up, and he needed to do a victory lap. Yep. Everybody need to have him back on the shows. <laughs> have him back on the shows. Let this man stick his chest out. I tell you this, because they sure as hell have him back on the shows if he was wrong. Yeah, that's You know that. Choice. You had to go yeah. on TV and do that again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, yep. But you know who feels just as right? JJ. How so? You can't say the writers got racial bias uh, now if they vote for MB. <laughs> now can you? I told you, Perk. <laughs> that's fair i like this this is a good happy ending everybody can be right yeah joel could get his trophy yeah and we me, all can be right let me tell you this everybody can be right but i would not recommend jj go tell pert see i told you the white folks <laughs> wasn't racist I, I i don't i don't think that will we saw what happened the last time before jj even finished his sentence mm, yeah I didn't. telling anybody that uh, an experience that that they've lived in their life is not real is probably a bad idea. Look, like you could say, I don't know. You could say, I haven't seen it, but telling them that they are dead wrong. Like, I understand why JJ had a reaction that he had because, yeah. like, I, I'm a passionate guy too and emotional, but we, we talked about this before, though. You no. can't just be telling people well, that race ain't an issue. Well, this is the part that I'll say about that. This is just something to keep in mind about Perk. We had Perk on the right time. I thought it was a great interview. And, you know, I know, I know a little bit about where Perk is from, right? And he said this in this interview, and all I'm going to say is this. Perk from Beaumont, Texas. In case you're curious how Beaumont gets down, Perk got to Boston and was like, racism? What racism? I have no idea what you're talking about because he from Beaumont. I heard him say that in that interview, man. I'm just like, said, I got to Boston and said, what racism? I don't know what y'all talking about. 
<laughs> because like I, my assumption, I ain't never been to Beaumont and I try not to spend time in places that are like that. But my assumption is they don't even put the veil over it in Boston. They throw a veil over that thing in the rest of it. I mean, it's not just Boston, the rest of the country in these northern places. They put the veil on it. They create uh, many different avenues to nah. to institute racism. Nah. But in Beaumont, they just like. Hey, boy. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When you leave Houston and go east on I-10, as soon as that sign say, welcome to Baytown, it is gradually getting more and more treacherous. <laughs> more and more. Look, man, you got to worry about any place that got black people and they name one of them high schools after Robert E. Lee. They let you know right now what time it is. Because, you know, that's the story um, at Montgomery where I think they opened a school in 68 or somewhere around there. So not long after King died and they could name that school after anybody. And they went Robert E. Lee just to let y'all know. Gosh, I can't imagine. <laughs> I don't even know what the, uh, what the motivating factors are for like, cause I, I mean, I, I obviously did not grow up in a race neutral society. Like I knew that there was issues of racism where I lived and yeah. where I'm from and in the world generally. Yeah. But like it wasn't like the idea that someone would, would wake up in the morning and and pray to Robert E. Lee. <laughs> like just it blows my mind <laughs> that I would be in a class with somebody who daddy was like, you know, you know who was a great American hero? <laughs> we should name a school after. Robert E. Yo, Lee. But it was name a school after and be like, then make them go to it. So like, yeah. like Port Arthur, which is right next to Beaumont, when I was growing up, I think they only got one high school now, but when I was growing up, they had three. Thomas Jefferson, which is where the white people went. Jimmy Johnson, Janis Joplin, you know, that whole world. Lincoln, which as you could understand predictably, is where the black people went. Uh, mm -hmm. Stephen Jackson immediately comes to mind. And then they had a third one named Stephen F. Austin. And I'm assuming they did that to the Mexicans. That's my guess. That's my guess. I have no idea. But that's my guess. <laughs> my, my mind is blown. Because, yeah. I mean, I, I knew these these places existed. But I guess I, and I knew these schools had these names and, like, the statue. Like, it's whatever. It's something I was aware of. But they've been around for long enough that I don't think about them as things that people made decisions to, to put in. And then also to send the people there to go. Like I remember in college when I was being recruited, I remember like when some sec schools started to show up, Ole Miss sent me a, a letter. We could end that immediately. Cause it had the flag on it. <laughs> they were sending letters with the flag on it. Are you serious? And I was like, yeah, like they back then they were still like leaning into the rebels. They didn't change their name till after that. Yeah, like that was who they were. They were sending out correspondence with the flag on it. Uh, and like, yeah, we we done with that. And I remember thinking, why would any black person ever go to a place like this? But I mean, I guess if you grow up going to Robert E. Lee, you just don't <laughs> even think about it. Like it's just you just that frog in the water. It's just slowly boiling and it Yo, is just hot. J.A. Adande tells me this story about i think he worked for the chicago sun times um at the time of this story but he went down to mississippi to do a story on uh steve mcnair so steve mcnair was at at alcorn and so he went down and he wound up at some restaurant i can't remember what he said the name of it was but like the waitresses wore gray uniforms you know what i mean like it was just full-on confederate themed and he said he'll just always remember the day he saw this black woman who had to wear that working in that restaurant. And all the he said all the food had like Confederate names. And so he said anytime he doesn't feel like doing his job, he just remembers seeing that black woman serving up <laughs> them little red burgers. And it's like, man, you better get your ass up and go to work. <laughs> like, oh, <God. laughs> like, this is what it is, man. Can you oh, imagine? I just imagine her putting that hat on with a single tear every morning. Every before morning. She walked out. I mean, I guess I, I I hope it does not sound like judgment. No. Like it's sad, but it's not judgment because like, I mean, I spend money with slave owners face on it. Yeah. It's not that I feel like I exist in some different society <laughs> that does not have those same reminders in it. 
but putting on the uniform <laughs> should be laughing, but that's terrible. No, no, that's all bad. That's all bad. Like, don't never complain about your job ever <laughs> again. Like, I would love to know, like, who the Gen Z waitress is at that restaurant now who had the audacity to go to the manager and, you know, come with all their college words about mm-hmm. why this has to stop and then mm-hmm. being like, the job pays seven fifty an hour. You want it or not. <laughs> I think if they are going there, that the college words, if they're going there looking for a job, if that's where they are, I don't think that that's a problem that they're having. Hey, man, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, process. I don't know if Gen Z has infiltrated some of these mm-hmm. tight spots, right? Like, there's got to be a I couple guess. of them, right? They got the TikToks. A yeah, so of them yeah that's the TikToks. what I'm saying. They, that's what I'm they saying. Know that other stuff exists, but they ain't going there, I feel like. By the way, I, you just reminded me also of one of the hardest hooks in the history of rap music. You do the Run the Jewels? Yeah. Look bit. at all these slave masters posing on your dollar. Whoo! <laughs> like, whoa! Yeah. And then yeah. saying it over and over and over with Zach Delarocha, the most passionate man on planet Earth. Whoo! I was like, oh, that's a that's a hell of a point. It is, yeah. There's lots of points that make me sadder and sadder. <laughs> I, I can um I was talking about how you li- exist in that environment, so you don't necessarily notice what's happening. I I went on a little overnight field trip for a couple of nights with my son and a bunch of kids from his school and just seeing how little boys act. It's a reminder that humans are animals <laughs> and all this society that we have built up the way that we sit in act normal, like is goes against what is natural to us in some ways and watching like the girls on the trip were on their dorm on the other side. And we would walk past that dorm and it's quiet. And it feels like to me that the, the girls are like imitating adulthood. The boys ain't got time for that. <laughs> we are animals and we is going to be animals. And they just fighting and farting and like the hierarchy exists. And it's like in our society, hierarchies exist because of access to power or money or influence in a small primitive boy society. The roughest one is the ringleader. <laughs> if you can't whoop his ass, then, then you know who's in charge. Yep. <laughs> this is the way it works. Yo, I have a fundamental belief that that doesn't change anywhere. Like, it's not necessarily that the leader of the free world can throw hands at you and win, but you can't throw hands with the leader of the free world, therefore, right? Yeah. Like, like one key to being in charge is can't nobody whoop your ass. And if, if naturally <laughs> nobody can whoop your ass, we're going to have to create structures that make it such that can't nobody whoop your ass. And the reason is because occasionally to be up here, I'm going to have to do some things that make you want to whoop my ass. That's fair. Yeah. And, I, and they haven't developed all those layers. Of no, society no, yet. no. It's a, right it's now, a true meritocracy. Yeah. In the fourth grade, can't nobody whoop this one kid's ass. Yep. So <laughs> that's, that's the kid that everybody is like, all right, well, what are we doing at recess today? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, okay. Because much of being that age is, I just don't want to get my ass kicked. Like it, it is an un, it is a somewhat unnatural reaction to like turn the tables and be the I'm going to whoop everybody's ass guy. Like by and large at that age, hey man, everything in your life is about being secure. Everything that your parents do for you that really matters is about keeping you safe and keeping you secure. And in fact, that's the thing with kids before they realize like in the worst situations that it just ain't going to be like that. They're like, yo, ain't somebody, Hey, ain't you supposed to hold my hand when I walk across this street? Like, ain't, ain't, ain't you supposed to make sure I don't mess this up? I don't know if you heard, I have no idea what's going on here. <laughs> they figure it out quick, but there, there is, and you see like the little, um, clicks develop and, and other kids like trying to exhibit their power over the kids that are lower them in the hierarchy because there's not because there's a kid above them in the hierarchy and then there are the don't give a f- kids yeah. who also find themselves in a situation where they are free there's some level of freedom like uh, i don't care and i'm not talking about these kids specifically but in general we probably all remember that kid that's like got his ass whooped one time and then realized it wasn't so bad which you're not going to do is treat me like you can whoop my ass all the time. If I get my ass whooped, I get my ass whooped. But yeah. I'm not going to stand for this disrespect. Yeah, like there's two of them, right? Like you got the, the ass whooping ain't so bad. And two, so as some of you recognize or know, I skipped a grade, right? But I didn't just skip a grade. My birthday is August 26th and the rollover in Texas is September 1st, which is to say I am basically two years younger than the oldest people that I grade. Like I always say to dude, who was the best athlete in our grade, got held back once. Mm-hmm. So his birthday was September 77, 
My birthday was August of 80. You see what I'm saying? Like, I was a little guy in those formative periods. And what I learned was, because what no actual G's going to mess with me, right? Like, what nobody who knew something about what they had going going to mess with me? That wouldn't prove anything. It was always just little poo butts, right? Yep. That feel like they needed to show they had a little something. And I could win a couple of those fights. <laughs> In fact, I didn't lose any of them. Nobody who could actually fight was going to fight me, and I wasn't going to start a fight with nobody that could fight. So I got the, oh, this fighting thing ain't as hard as it looks, while also recognizing I am playing this on uh, varsity. I am not playing this on All-American. I am certainly not playing on Heisman. I am playing on varsity. I've never really had a real straight-up one-on-one fight. And it's in large part because I had an older brother, which made like he did a lot of fighting. Yes. And it made me cool automatically. And also I had a thing. And I imagine this was for you, too, was like, oh, that's Bomani. He's the smart kid. Yes. He got a thing. Yes. And I was like the football kid. I had a thing. It wasn't I had an identity. It didn't put me in a position where I felt like I needed to prove myself to anybody. And somebody wanted to fight with me. And I it kind of made you a little bit cool also. So like. The, the actual the kids who actually had to take trips to juvie and actually was getting in trouble. They thought I was cool because they could beat me in nothing. Right. And they thought it was cool. So when somebody started messing with me, one of them be like, what you doing? That's, that's a football kid. Mm-hmm. Stop acting up. Yeah, man. I don't know how then I get to college and you have to fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you play football. <laughs> yeah, it don't matter. You gotta have, to, have to fight. I told you this story before. My man, uh, Karome, I played with him in college. He uh, he laughs every time I tell his story, but. I was still high, riding high on the hog. This never um, gets old. Top recruit. Yeah, it's a great story. <laughs> so if you've heard it before, enjoy it once again. It's like a good stand-up. You still, you know the punchline, but you're going to like it if you haven't. So I have high recruit, one of the best players in the state. I went to Maryland because Maryland was bad. And I was like, I'm starting as a freshman. So I, I start early. I leave halfway through my senior year. I think Phillip Rivers had done it the year before. I was like the second player to do it. So I'm on campus as a high school senior, we do spring ball. We plan. I'm pretty good. I'm all right. I'm making some plays here or there. The older senior guys like take me under their wing. And they really like me. And I get my chest all puffed out. There's a kid, a guy who's a year older than me uh, named Karome. He's a starting corner. The other starting corner is a senior. And he's the better one. Karome is like the second corner. Big 190, muscled up, 6'1 guy. And I was like, I'm better than him. I'm taking his spot. I'm a, uh, I just got there. I'm a pre-freshman. I told him I was taking the spot. And then I w- took it one step too far. We had the boxing gloves in the locker room. And every day after lifting, somebody would fight. Somebody would challenge someone else to fight. And you had to challenge them. So my senior friends, who obviously wasn't my friends, <laughs> hyped me up to challenge CeCe to a boxing match. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'm taking spot first. I'm going to knock his big ass out. And I just jab, jab, jab. Hooked off on me something <laughs> terrible. I said, bro, I stumbled, stumbled. I didn't go down. I stumbled. And God bless him. And he was raised right. Because if I was him, the way I had been talking, oh, I would have administered CTE to this loudmouth kid on the spot. So he, he gave me one hook. The- yeah. <laughs> he stunned me. And then he cocked back like he was going again. And he ain't do nothing. We was friends ever since. He hit you with the uh, after Ali hit Forbes with that one, and Forbes was going down. And Ali was just like, ah, you got it, big dog. Yep. You got good, good man, Muhammad. Yeah, we, we've been cool ever since. We ended up playing together in the league, too. And we played corner opposite each other for the rest of my time there. But, uh, yeah, he's it's, it's a good man. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyway, I want to run somebody right fast uh, before we get out of here. What's your thought on this Zion thing? Because I ain't never heard of a 46-day hamstring injury. I'm not saying, I'm not casting any dispersions. This just all feels weird. 
And I got before I came in here to record, I see on TV, they're like, should the Pelicans trade Zion? And I'm like, if anybody's willing to take him, you shouldn't trade him. Um, yeah. But at the same time, the quotes he gave were interesting where he was like, when's he going to come back when I get back to feeling like Zion? Number one, you ain't played enough games for this third person. But number two, the I can play, but I don't feel right about it. I don't know how that's going to go over with anybody around you, dog. I have no, this is entering um, John Morant territory for me. And that the behaviors are so unusual that I don't know what else is up. And I am, and obviously it's very different from John Morant because as we talked about on here, when John Morant was dangling a gun on live, that was so weird to me, given what situation he was in. I was like, I hesitate to speculate because this doesn't feel like normal behavior. This is the same thing I feel like with Zion on a different, um, in a different way, obviously, is, and I guess I could justify his behavior. They paying me to not work. I'm going to keep not working. But I've never seen an athlete who didn't on some level want to prove themselves and compete. And it feels like if there's an opportunity for him to not to be out there, he's looking for it. And I don't know what else is going on with him, but that doesn't make sense to me, especially after he already got the extension at some point. And it seems like now is as good a time as ever. You want a, a soft landing spot to reenter and participate and remind people that you can play. But yeah, this just is confusing to me. Yeah, it's it's such a I, I don't want to say bad look. Like I can't imagine yeah. like what it is with their teammates. But the thing is, dude, if he's playing, they're one of the best teams in the West. Yep. If he's playing. Why can't they win the West? Because we ain't got no argument against anybody else winning the West because it's so wide open. And when he got hurt, I want to say they were number two in the West. But it is so bananas how this is played. And it's going to go bad for him, man, because y'all hate fat people. And I, ain't, I don't even necessarily think this dude qualifies as being fat. But y'all hate fat people. And a lot of that comes out when people start talking about Zion. The, the, the not being in shape, da-da-da. I mean, it's hard to stay in shape if you can't do leg stuff. But if he can come out here and somebody need to tell him this, I don't care how much them people want you to dunk in them layup lines. If you ain't playing, sit down. Yeah. The hate for fat people is deeply ingrained <laughs> in that it's like a reflection on uh, willpower and self-control, which I think we've learned is not true for most people. But if you're an athlete, I'm going to need you not to be pudgy. <laughs> unless, you're, unless part of your job is to be pudgy. Like, that's I'm all for, like, Let's not body shame people and all that stuff. But it's real hard to have that argument when your body is your profession and when you aren't producing. And part of the reason, like there's a legitimate argument that some of your issues are a product of the way that you have been treating your body. So like Zion's in a bad spot where I can't, I try, I want to be player first guy. I try to my best, I contort myself in ridiculous ways to find ways to support and defend players. I can't think of one that I can look myself in the mirror with right now to, that applies to Zion. I wish he'd hurry up, though, boy. Cause yeah, he can play. Man, 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 man. He showed us enough in those first couple, in like the part of this season before he got hurt and last mm -hmm. year. He's pretty close to as advertised. And we thought that this was just, the fear was that it would just ultimately be a novelty, right? Mm -hmm. And that, where exactly do you find a way to play him in the NBA? And the answer was, you let him play and you let everybody else figure out what they're going to do around that. But I know them other dudes got to be sick of this by now. Yeah. I mean, he didn't do like the AAU circuit. He wasn't in all that. He was just dominating that group. He went to the one-and-done situation at Duke with an overpowering team that, that came up short. And now he's in the NBA where the pressure is coming and it just doesn't feel like... And I, I guess at the end of his career, if he ends up having a long, like it, it reminds me a little bit of Embiid, where it's like, all right, right, let's not play with it. Let's not play with it. So like, it's hard for me to pass judgment on this because I don't necessarily trust the Pelicans training staff. I certainly don't trust my eyes or anyone else around them. Like, I think that's the argument I can make for a player like him is, you know, your body, take care of your body. And hopefully when you feel like you're right, You'll come out there. And the same thing with like Kawhi. You'll come out there and you'll give us 10 solid years of great basketball. That's all I can hope for because, I mean, none of us really know what's going on. And 
just because it's not something we heard before we haven't heard before doesn't mean that it's not real but i just want to see him play basketball and not talk about how much he weighed or or, or if he can be the centerpiece and how healthy can he be like all that stuff is annoying i want to see him dunk on people and lead the break and do them quick second jumps all the stuff that we were like man this dude could be the best in the league right now of note through four seasons Zion has played more games than Joel Embiid did. Now, granted, wow. Joel Embiid rode off four, two entire seasons and then only played 31 games the next season. But for whatever it's worth, that is the case. He, I think Zion has played 114 games so far. Embiid had played 94 up until that point. So there is a chance that he may be a 60-game-a-year guy, but that wouldn't make him terribly different from anybody else, or quite honestly, Joel Embiid, who has largely right. been a 63-game-a-year dude for his career. There's still room for it to go. But he is absolutely treated as a franchise player, which I think is perfectly fair given what he has done. But you're surrounded by dudes that are carrying the franchise while you're supposed to be the franchise player. And he's going to need to do some measure of repair. And then there's always the, the questions and whispers about the people around him, i.e. his daddy. Yeah. And what role all of that is playing in this. But... He going to need to figure it out on a whole lot of levels pretty fast or this whole league is going to pass him. Look, Big Vic coming next year. Like Zion ain't even like he doesn't even have the place's next big thing anymore. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. And all of us can relate to having worked on a job or a group project where somebody ain't carrying their weight. What if that person ain't carrying that weight and they getting paid the most money? Right. Like, I can't imagine that that's a great dynamic for him to continue to walk. No, it's worse. He's yeah. not carrying his weight. And he still get the A, but everybody else get the C for the actual project. They're like, oh, well, we know if you would have been there, it would have been an A. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And so I don't know what he's like as a person, but like I, the interpersonal stuff is something we talk about a lot that I think matters a lot. And especially if you're going to be the centerpiece of a team. And we see how it's, you could argue that Luca in Dallas, part of his problem is how he relates to other superstars coming in town. I don't know. What's going on down there with the Pelicans? Brandon Ingram sure seems like a hell of a basketball player who would be nice to be compliment a compliment to Zion, but it feels like, or not feels like, he is the centerpiece of that team and not being treated as such and not being talked about, even though he's been really good since he's moved down there. I would love to hear what Kenston's old Brandon Ingram has to say about yeah. Zion when ain't nobody around. <sighs> I have a feeling that if he has something to say to Zion, he already said it to Zion. <laughs> I mean, do Zion even be there? That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> like, when, when, when would they have the opportunity to converse? Oh, man, we're missing out on so much. Like, Zion could be in the heart of this MVP conversation. We could have Zion versus Embiid matchups. Zion versus Jokic matchups would be great in the Western playoffs. We're not getting none of that. For whatever reason. And I, I don't know. I hope that he wants it. Like, that's the thing that scares me is that we assume that everyone that made it to this level got that dog in them, as they say. I had it. Eventually, the dog left. Yeah, I so. think he does, though. And the only reason I say that is I watched it early at Duke and in the NBA when yeah. he got his first taste of blood and realized he liked it. Yeah. And I do feel that's like true. that's there. And that leads me to believe that he does want to, like I say, I have none of us know, and with a notoriously bad training staff, let us not forget yep. that. So yep. th there's levels to it, but I'm with you. It's a, it's a highly disappointing state of affairs that we currently the, have with him. The NBA should be more centralized in that uh, since it's, I think the NBA, NBA, each team's value and the revenue of the team of the each individual league is so much dependent on whether this league has a, has stars even if it's on your team or not on your team like the value of lebron james to the entire MV nba is so high and like whoever that next guy is jordan whoever that next guy is and in this case it could be zion the value is so high sending him to a place where the training staff can't be trusted <laughs> you messing with everybody's money <laughs> like you messing with every i'd be upset if we got to send our best asset down to some group that we don't trust. And like Zion may not be that guy. And there's enough talent now uh, worldwide that I guess we, we don't miss Zion. You know, like we got, we got Giannis. We got plenty of stuff out there. But it sure be nice to have him. And that franchise that is keeping his head above water. <laughs> 
temporary layoffs. They, 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 <laughs> they should job. have the best traded staff, right? Like y'all need to be putting extra money in this to save you millions of dollars on the other stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I, let's just not mess this up with Big Vic. I think that Adam Silver should, wherever Vic ends up, they need to do a, a overhaul of the coaching staff, the training staff, every staff, because don't ruin w- w- what I saw Vic doing. Don't ruin Dog. that. I need that in the NBA for years to come. Vic showing up with his own doctor. Like, if you yes, read that sir. story about how they've been yeah. handling Vic, they ain't just they ain't just going to handle Like, yeah, no, 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 no. Let me tell you something, man. <laughs> Vic might mess around and be like, I'm just not going there. Yeah, I hope so. That would it would be extra. Do- I mean, it would suck for us, but if Big Vic was just like, yeah. So let me know when you trade me. Yeah, I mean, it would not. I, I get it. It's, it sucked for us not to be able to see it, but generally, as I like the players to remind yes. people, you know, like in some of yeah, I like some of them to to let them know, like yeah, I'll go stand over there because you asked me to stand over there. But I want y'all to know that if I don't want to stand over there, yeah, I will not. And and that is a very French outlook <laughs> of the, to the world. The retirement age, they flipping out. Yeah, yeah. Just so people understand, man, we put up with a lot more than they do. They yeah. they out in the streets. They 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 can't go for that. La la hall e les autres. They that that's the French. That's who they are. But that is Dominique Fosworth. Check him out on Get Up. Check him out on Anscape. Check him out on Debatable. And, of course, check him out on the Dominique Fosworth Show, available wherever you get your podcast. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, brother. All right, man. And, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. Uh, remember, hit the voicemail line, 860-516-4119. We've been talking about people slacking on them group projects. Talk about the worst slacker that you ever had that wound up still coming up because of all your hard work. School, work, wherever it come from, 860-516-4119. Uh, Adi Khan, Dan Stancic, Parker Owens, handling everything behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Remember, follow The Right Time. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. We'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.